Welcome back to the Crooked Spine Show. Just finished my interview with Molly Ferguson. She's in Michigan, a registered dietitian for a couple years now, and has been an athlete and hack. She has practiced that her whole life. Is understanding when we're starting a routine exercise, nutrition uh, diet routine for one too, is keeping it very simple. This is her biggest takeaway. When we keep things simple, we work on little things here and there and figure out what works for us now, and we start changing things slowly, maybe our nutrition. And whatever we're eating, how do we start breaking into more, a better percentage of fiber, um, protein, and carbs, and even with hydration, increase hydration over time too, how much we drink, or don't dehydrate with other foods too. Even worrying about, okay, as we get started fine-tuning things over time, is how much we urinate, how much, if we have constipation, how do we change it over time too? And as we get more into our health routine and hopefully a long-term lifestyle, even getting genetic testing done, so we break through those walls of why am I not losing weight? Why am I, why am I feeling lethargic? Why am I not sleeping well? So it helps our overall body kind of fine tune itself, including also understanding that it's a lifestyle, people. As we get a routine and maintain that our body will adjust over time, and at that point, enjoy that for one too. And Molly also ends with two detoxification steps. How do we get our body to detox, again, as a lifestyle, not just as something we do for a couple weeks or a couple days. So enjoy the talk, my friends. Molly's is phenomenal information. We kind of pick up things here and there. It all talks about to reverse dieting, how that works. So go talk to my friends, go to her links. She does great information in the, in the show about genetic testing, how that works and why it's efficient to get your overall body healthy. Again, the links to her Instagram is on there too, along with her um, soon to be website and email, connect with her along with her previous podcasts as a video form or as, as a podcast audio. So enjoy the week, my friends, and we'll see you next week. Welcome back to the Crooked Spine Show. I'm here with Molly Ferguson. She is a registered dietitian. She's worked in this field for a while now with vets and now with the public in her in her private enterprise. We want to understand as healthcare practitioners, we've been there before. We started our exercise routine and uh it always I want to say sucks to start because you don't know is the pain good, is the pain bad? Why do I feel this way? Why am I so tired? Why is my lifestyle? Why does it not feel comfortable like it did before. So I want to understand and help us understand how to get there, how to start a routine, what it takes to maintain that, especially on your genetic side, what you're more prone for, your strength weaknesses, and how in the in the end, how does detox and things like that nutrition allow us to maintain a routine once we get there to see the health benefits. So my take it over, give us your background, see what's going on. Hi everybody. Um, so my background is full. Um, I, I was pretty active in, in high school. And so I got started, um, with functional fitness in in high school after many years of being a soccer player. And, and I carried that on through college. Um, so my professional background, um, been interested in nutrition, um, ever since going through my sports. So I decided to do that with my professional side. So, and then I got into functional medicine while I was in college also. So right. once I got my credentials as, as a registered dietitian, I went on to um, get some education from the Institute of Functional Medicine, mm-hmm. which is the gold standard for functional medicine education. And now I'm doing a fellowship in precision medicine, which is the gen- genetic side of things. Fantastic. So you're basically 
sticking with the schooling, but now practicing also in your field to get that experience. And and you really use your knowledge, correct? That's what it comes down to. Yeah, I, I try my best to uh, use my knowledge to help people so they're not struggling along. And, uh, you know, I've, I've been there and mm-hmm. not really known in my whole journey what to do. So it's my mission to help you walk people through that. I think all, I think all we, and when we pay it forward, are you seeing a different way perspective when you're teaching it and helping people go through it versus learning it yourself? Yeah, I think for myself, like there has been a difference in that, like, you know, learning it myself is like really helping with the um, trial and error part of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then when I get to, you know, the the client side, you know, I've, I've done all the trial and error. And then in combination with all my education, um, I, I know the most efficient way to help them. So it's a good feeling. Good, good, good. And I talked about part of my, my the intro and the write up is where do we get, where do most people get their information from? And is it good to get information from your friends and family? I think it's good to, that's a great question. I think it's good to hear other people's experiences and, mm-hmm. you know, what's gone well and not so well for them. But at the end of the day, like consulting with a healthcare practitioner, you know, whether it's your uh, doctor or, um, you know, a nutritionist dietitian like myself, um, that's really where you're going to get like the most up-to-date research and, um, you know, the pros and cons of what you're trying to do with your health goals. Is that why people, for example, the, the stereotype is starting in January and entering, ending in February 1st comes from where there's really not the research behind getting a routine started and getting that baseline in there? I, I think there's a lot of factors that go into it for sure. I think a lot of it's like our culture and like, okay, like you can get results in a couple months time and like, mm-hmm. you know, then you're just going to be happy about it. But it's really about like being consistent and mm-hmm. having the support of a healthcare practitioner um, really can make a big difference in helping you identify like what the quick fixes are that are going to set you up for failure or the mm-hmm. consistent habits that are going to last you the rest of your life. I like that because you're helping someone not fail to not get discouraged or become even anxious. Hey, is this working or not working? What, what is this? Why am I feeling this way? And some of your friends may say, hey, suck it up, get through it, you'll be fine. Versus as a dietitian, as a functional medicine clinician, hey, this may not be good. Let's do some blood work. Let's check out what's going on. Let's have you referred here. Let's see exactly why you're feeling this way to make sure you're not going down a bad rabbit hole versus getting yourself out of one. Exactly. Exactly. Good. 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 And when you start someone with a routine, what's your assessment like, Miss Molly? What do you normally do? I really just want to work with them. Like I am their partner. So like okay. I just want to approach that relationship as like I'm not over here gonna tell you what to do. Like I wanna okay. see what's best for you and your lifestyle, and then we customize it from there. So I really um have like a partnership approach with my patients. What do you want the mindset to be or what's a good mindset to start a program with you going into it? What, what do you want that, that to, to look like? Yeah, that's a wonderful question. Um, I want my clients to have like try to get away from the all or nothing approach and, and get towards that sustainability mindset. So um, that all or nothing approach is what gets us in trouble. So if we can go forward and try to like get that out of our mind and have like what's going to be best for me long term, 
Like mm -hmm. how can Molly help me through like whatever I'm going through and how can um, these habits set me up for the rest of my life? That's the, that's the mindset that I'd like my clients to be in. I like the long-term perspective versus where you are uh, and getting there over time as a marathon, not a sprint. Exactly. What age do you usually work with? What's your demographics normally? I like to work with individuals that are active, mm -hmm. but maybe they, maybe they used to be active. They used to have like a lot of energy, but like now their energy levels are just like, they're exhausted. They're burnt out. So they're not able to do the activities that they want to do anymore. Like mm -hmm. hang out with their family, play with their kids, go on like active vacations with like hiking and swimming and that kind of stuff. So they just don't have energy for anything. So I really help to, I like to help them get from the point of no energy and just not enjoying their lives anymore to like back to where they were or better. Mm -hmm. It's almost like, cause I see a lot of my patients say, Hey, look, I, I, when I was, when I was young, when they say young in their teens and, and maybe early twenties, I was active. I was healthy. Then I get married. I got this job that made me work 40 hours a week, had to drive to work, commute. And now my time frame has been slimmed. I've been off track for the last, say, four or five years. Now I want to get back on track because I have back pain. I have neck pain. I can't sleep well. I'm going to take medications. I can't go up the stairs and it hurts all the time. I feel old per se. Okay. You're getting someone to go from there. Okay. Once you have the right mindset, you've been there before. Let's, you're not going to be 20 years old anymore. You're not going to bounce back like you did yesterday. But can we get there slowly for one, two? What kind of a physical assessment do you, do you do with your clients or how do you walk them through a physical assessment? I see where they're currently at mm -hmm. and I meet them there. And especially with like the physical activity, um, let's find out where you're at and then let's like mm -hmm. progress from there. Like no, I, I strongly believe that like nobody is too far gone. Like we can meet you where we're at. We can scale exercises. We can find you like at any point in your nutrition education and like just help you grow and help you gain confidence yourself and, and know what to do. Cause eventually the practitioner patient relationship ends in my line of work, you know, like I'm not going to be there forever. Like I'm not a primary care physician, you know? So eventually our relationship will end, but like, I want you to have the confidence to move forward. A virus, you're, so. you're helping with their nutrition, their activity level, but also you're their coach you're helping them become their best coach on their own. Eventually, hopefully when they learn enough, when they've had that routine down, now I know what works for me. Now it doesn't work for me when I'm off track. I know what that feels like. I know how to get back on track. Mm -hmm. You're making them their best coach. Yes. Fantastic. And when you, when they start a routine and say, for example, it feels sore, tight, uncomfortable, a physical routine, how do you get them through that? Well, I mean, identifying, like, is it a good, like, mm -hmm. sore from, like, working our muscles that we haven't worked for a while? Or is it, like, a super painful, like, when I do this movement, it's just not good. So yeah, that's getting a little bit out of my scope of practice. So mm -hmm. then I encourage, you know, probably seeing somebody like a chiropractor, right? Um, you know, go get professional help from those people, see if anything really is wrong, see if they can help you too. And then come back to me and like, let me know like what they said and we can adjust your plan from there. You're trying to help someone get their overall health better for one too. And the mindset when someone starts working out and getting their diet cleaned up and getting things set up, should they feel, yay, I feel great, happy the first day, I feel energetic same day, or how does that, that cycle shift mindset wise from where, okay, how do I start? 
to where you or you do start, how does that mindset shift? Just accepting the fact that there's going to be ups and downs. Like that's mm-hmm. life, you know. Um, there will always, you will always go through different time periods in your life where you can dedicate more time to your nutrition, to your activity levels, like a mindfulness practice. Um, and then there's other times where like, maybe you have kids or, you know, you're traveling a lot or or whatnot. So just accepting that there's ups and downs going forward. And I would say that too, like, especially with, with, as we are still in, in COVID and the pandemic, is you're going to feel sometimes just not good and feel like, okay, I need a couple of days off. Yeah. It doesn't mean your whole program is done. You have to start over from the beginning. You, you've started something already for one, too. You said I, you may have to go somewhere. You may have to change for a while to change your environment. You may not get the full workouts in or be able to eat the right way all the time. Can you, okay, can I adjust for this when I get back on track or back to my routine? Then I'll get back on and, and, and feeling my better self for one, too. I have a lot of patients, too, Molly, where they start something. And sometimes it feels uncomfortable, feels sometimes they have less energy when they start, feels like their sleep habits are off. So I go, I go, fantastic. Your body's actually adapting to something that you're because you're causing a change in the body to get there will be uncomfortable because it's almost a good stressor to the body to make the body want to shift over time once you've been there long enough for one, too. Yeah, I love that perspective. <laughs> when you talk about someone's assessing their diet nutrition perspective, how do you walk them through that? Assessing their diet? Yes. Well, I just, what I like to do with my clients is I like to just get a sense of like what they're doing now. Okay. And that's the, that's the part of like meeting them where they're at. So mm-hmm. I like for them to keep like a, like a three day diet, a record. I don't like doing recalls like with them yeah. on the spot because then they could kind of be like, I don't remember what I had for breakfast yesterday. Yeah. So I like them to keep like a journal for a couple days and just without judgment to themselves, like write down everything that they eat or drink during the day. And then I just advise them from there, um, depending on what their goals are. And how do you break down their, if you want to call it their meal, as some people use the meal plate, do you want to do a certain amount of carbs, protein, fiber? How do you work that out? I love that you know about the the plate method, it sounds like. <laughs> Yeah, I definitely, um, especially working with people um, when we're just getting started and working on the basics, I love to work with the balanced plate method. Mm-hmm. So that's like half your plate of non-starchy vegetables, a quarter complex carbohydrates like pastas, breads, potatoes, um, and then a quarter plate lean protein. So that's what I like to work with them on. So percentage of macros, I personally don't think like the everyday person should be counting their macros. So I don't focus on that so much, but if I have like a athlete, that's really serious about their training, like, yeah, for sure. Let's count your macros and figure out like the best percentage of protein, carbs, and fats for you. Um, but for the everyday person, that balanced plate method, it, it works wonders. And someone wants to go, okay, Molly, what's the best protein for me? As I start working out again, I want to build some muscle, but also make sure I repair muscle properly. What's a good protein you suggest someone just starting out fresh who wants wants a good clear plate? Great question. Any any lean protein that you love, okay? Like that okay. was that was a point I wanted to make. Like um, to be consistent in your habits with nutrition mm-hmm. and physical activity. Like find things that you love. So if you love chicken breast, then have that. Um, but variety is key too. Um, okay. So if if you don't like chicken, then eat chicken 
if you don't like eggs, don't eat eggs. So just uh, find your favorites, um, you know, whether it's like nice fatty fish like salmon, mackerel, uh, sardines, if you love that stuff, incorporate that too. So, uh, but a variety is key. If you don't have any clear like non-favorites, try to get as much of a variety as you can. Are there some fats when you talk about the plate too, some fats and oils you want to stay away from and some fats you want to include or how do you, how do you break that down for people? I, I mostly talk about lowering inf inflammation a lot with my clients. So that would include with the fats, of course, like eating the less inflammatory one or not including as much of the less, the more inflammatory ones. So like canola oils and, and other, um, you vegetable, know, oil. vegetable oils. Yes. I'm trying to reduce those as much as possible and then include things with a lot of omega-3 fatty acids, like flax seeds, walnuts, olive oil. So all of those are going to help reduce inflammation. How about coconut oil? What's your take on coconut oil? It's a good one. It depends on the person and their genetics, to be honest. So this whole, um, in, in my professional opinion, the whole, like this diet's good, this one's bad for you. It really just comes down to the genetics. So, um, those preferences for people really become irrelevant when you look at their genetics. So, it depends on if the person tolerates saturated fat well with the coconut oil. Um, if they do tolerate it well, then it could actually help improve their blood lipid values. If their genetics say no thank you, um, then it's better to reduce that in their diet. We look at someone's genetics too as we get into it. How do you break down what's going to be good or bad for that person? Do you do genetic testing or what do you normally do? Mm -hmm. Yes, I, I work with a company that has a, a wonderful uh, genetic profile that they've been working on. Um, so you do like a spit test and we test your DNA and your genetics. And then we get um, this health report back that tells us, you know, what's best for you. And so like what your what foods are best for your genetic profile and which ones aren't so great. So to walk me through the details of genetic testing with that, with that company, how does that work? Do they send you a packet and, and what do you do? Yeah, you get a little box in the mail um, mm -hmm. and it says, hello, like this is, this is our company. This is what we do. Um, here's the directions and it comes with return labels. So you just collect the, your saliva and then you send it back and it takes a couple of weeks to get the results back and then to generate your health report. Is that still a thousands of dollars or how does that, how does that work? What's the cost on that? That's a good point. Genetics have definitely come a long way. It's no longer thousands yeah. of dollars. Uh, this test is only a couple hundred dollars. Fantastic. When, what, the, what is that usually, what are common things people are surprised to see on there or what does it usually test or how does that work? What's the results like? The results include, it, it's like really a wide variety. So everything to do with like, you know, what's, um, what's beneficial for your like mental health um, mm -hmm. with your genetics. Like, so it looks at dementia risk and, and that sort of things. It looks at cardiovascular risk. Um, it looks at what exercises are best for your genetics, which oh, is really okay. amazing. Do you Very do cool. better with strength associated exercise most of the time? Do you be do better with endurance? How do you recover? So like how many days a week do you need to work out for like to maximize your recovery and your, and your, um, strength. And then it looks at the nutrition, of course. How would work out the nutrition? What would it do in detail for the nutrition part? 
Uh, so kind of like I mentioned earlier, like it would break down like what foods are best for you based on your genetics. So how about hydration? Is that part of the testing too? No, no, actually. Okay. Okay. And what, well, how would you recommend someone to hydrate or, or focus on that part of their, I guess, their recovery or they get into a routine? Well, I love that you have your water. I'm going to take a minute. I have to take my water. Mm -hmm. It's dry. Like I said, it's dry out here. It's not Michigan, so we're not very humid, you know? Yeah. Um, no, I love that. So I, I think people should at least be drinking 80 ounces of plain water a day. Okay. Uh, I think that's like a bare minimum or at least like half your body weight in ounces. Okay. Um, can you repeat like what you sure. is, is there a certain amount when you're working out that you have to increase your water intake or certain things like electrolytes or ways to hydrate, especially if it's hot? Yeah, for sure. I think number one, just like try to try to just get, get that minimum in. But if you're exercising, like your needs definitely go up. Mm -hmm. um, you can actually do like advanced testing uh, to see like how much water you're actually, this is like for the advanced athletes, but you can, you can test to see like how much water you, you lose before and after your workout. And that'll tell you like exactly how much you need to replace. But for the average person, just like increase it enough to where like your urine is a nice like straw color. Mm -hmm. um, anything darker than that, like means you're probably not hydrating enough. Good. But other things like, you know, coconut water is a really great way to mm -hmm. add back in some natural electrolytes with like the potassium. Um, and yeah, I'm not really. We have like the electrolyte pills you can buy like on Amazon or something too. Just put them in your water once a day, especially if you go for a good hike or run, whatever it might be out here right now. It's like California. It's hot. It's like mm -hmm. in the high 90s. Um, low hundreds sometimes too. So I, I think that's part of it. And again, what you said before too, some people like coconut water, some people don't. So how do you, how are you going to hydrate for you to make sure you get that enough fluids in your body? Are there certain things that we should not drink that cause dehydrate that negate that 80 ounces a day? I think a lot of sugar is not good. Like the, a lot of the sugary drinks. I don't think that we should be including those a little bit of like natural sugar. Like if you wanted to add a little bit of juice for mm -hmm. some quick carbohydrates, well, if you're refueling, like during your workouts, that's great. Um, but like all these big sugary drinks, I, I don't think those do much for us. And what I do, what I tell people too, is look at the label. It may say, it may say natural or whatever it might say, but look at the label. It says high sugar. You're talking your body. I mean, for example, even, even some drinks are, are, they say juice instead of water. So what does that mean? It's a concentration, a percentage of the, of the, of the actual, um, uh, if you want to call it content, natural content, not the full content. So how, what they do, they make, they put added sugar in there or salt or other things to make it taste good. Mm -hmm. Make something taste good. Uh, you're going to mess it up. So I tell people too, eat an orange, eat an apple, get your sugar that way naturally. Versus yes. having to go through artificial, even I, some people do, they love stevia. So they do a version of that to make things seem not as, uh, get that sugar fixed per se. Mm -hmm. Good, good, good. Also fiber wise, what, what's a good fiber amount? Some people worry about, especially when we get older too. Um, is there enough fiber in our foods or should we supplement or how does that work? Another great question. Um, I am definitely pro like food first. So like you were talking yeah. about, like get the, get the natural sugars from the fruit and such. Mm -hmm. Same thing with the fiber. 
let's try to get as much fiber as possible through our diet. So like legumes, whole grains, fruits and vegetables, uh, especially the cruciferous vegetables, get in at least one of those a day. Those are like broccoli, cauliflower, radishes, kale. Perfect. And you can mix with anything, right? It just, but again, to finding what you like to eat at that point, focus on that, especially with guys, guys, like if I had just a certain, certain amount of foods, like three, four foods a, a week, I'd be fine. Easy, done, done. And some people like that variety sometimes. It's, it's about what you want to do. Is there a quantity of food you should worry about eating too? How much you're eating? You're talking about like serving sizes? Serving sizes or things like that? For sure. I mean, if you're a taller person and a male, like you're going to want more serving sizes of foods than like a shorter female like myself, um, and depending on your activity level. But I think going back to that balanced plate method, that that's a great way to like control our portion sizes. Um, and then if you're like a bigger person, like I was talking about, like you could have like maybe four of those balanced plates a day versus like a smaller person would maybe only need like three. That also goes to the point too. If you're planning to work out or start a routine to lose weight, should you cut some foods out of your diet or should you feel hungry um, end of the day to help you lose weight. That's more of a common, I guess, common, not honestly a myth or not, but you, you tell me, what do you think? I'm really glad you asked that because what I'm finding is that like people aren't eating enough. Okay. Mm -hmm. So they always think about things that they can be cutting out, but yep. let's think about what we can add to your diet to help you reach your goals. Okay. And, and, and in my experience, people are just not eating enough of the right things and that's really slowing their metabolism down. So really like reverse dieting is something that I, I focus on a lot with my clients. What is that one time? Reverse dieting. What is that? What is that? I don't, I don't know. This. Yeah. So reverse dieting is just like finding out like how many calories that you're currently eating and then like slowly increasing that uh, maybe like, you know, 50 to hundred calories a week wow. and trying to keep your weight stable but that's going to help like recharge your metabolism and actually get you like enough nutrition. So all the, you know, cellular processes in your body are actually working correctly. So that's so it's what almost, almost burning off more calories than trying to decrease your calories. And so you're almost working the other side of the scale mm -hmm. versus just trying to cut down. Cause if you cut down, like you mentioned, the metabolism slows down. You may feel weaker. You may feel like now I'm munching because I'm just hungry all the time. Mm-hmm. I'm going for those French fries, those ruffles, which have no, no benefit at all to my body, especially with the bad oils to make my body even worse. I've just negated my workout today, if you want to call it that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's like the more that we take away too with calorie and nutrient wise, like the more that our hormones are going to like be off balance and, and all that. So what can we add in um, and, and, and to get you to the, your goals, you know? And one thing too, you'd mentioned uh, a part before is, is how do we get our body to now adjust? Do you recommend some people take supplements at the very beginning when they start working out or during, or how do you recommend, what, what's your take on supplements? I, again, like food first. So like mm -hmm. what can we get through our food first to, to fill in any gaps? But let's say like you have a genetic abnormality that mm -hmm. shows like, you know, for example, let's say you have a genetic abnormality and like your vitamin D receptors. And so you don't have as much vitamin D circulating in your blood. Yeah. 
then we would probably need to add in a supplement. So, um, and that's going to help like your performance when you're with your exercises and such. So getting back to genetic testing will really help you become more efficient um, with nutrition, your exercise, and even your recovery too. And even if you want to call it losing weight, if that's what your goal is and just feeling better overall. Yeah. Do you keep sure. track of someone, when you talked about recovery earlier, do you keep track of someone's sleep also? Yeah, for sure. Like if you are not sleeping correctly, like we need to start with the basics here. So like you're talking water, you're talking, you know, movement and nutrition and and sleep for sure. Like if your sleep is off track, like good luck with your recovery, good luck with trying to lose adipose tissue and improve like your health levels. <laughs> um, how do you how do you find someone a good sleep pattern, a good amount, or how does that work for how could they know that or how, how do you work with them? Pretty simply, I think, like, do you just wake up feeling refreshed in the morning? Got it. I think that's like a su super simple way. Um, yeah. And, and, and then of course, like, are you hitting like the minimum, like at least like seven hours of sleep a night, preferably mm -hmm. eight, eight and a half. If there's a certain amount of sleep people should get, because some people I have, I have a watch that says I have, I do deep sleep and I do light sleep. A certain amount you should kind of aim for when if you're able to kind of calculate that over over time are you talking about like the like how much deep sleep you should be getting yeah deep sleep or like oh yeah how much how much we should get i think it's like i'm not too sure mm. uh, but i think it's like at least two hours of like the deep sleep that you should be getting a night so if you have like, any of those buyer trackers yeah i feel like like maybe two three hours a night if you sleep like six seven eight hours a night Mm -hmm. So, but again, that, that's, that's going to make you feel, you're going to feel that in the morning if you did not get the sleep sleep. Yeah. You know, it's, I think it's a good tell if someone um, is, is in stress too, per se, when they can't sleep very well. Mm -hmm. When you do the mindset and, and the assessment of someone initially, do you worry about how much stress they have in their life and how, what they can control, what they can't control? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I focus on all five modifiable lifestyle factors and, our stress levels is is one of them. So what are the five factors so people understand what they are? The five modifiable lifestyle factors are nutrition, exercise, stress, and I'm blanking on the last two. <laughs> but yeah, so is it work, is it like that or family or relationships is one. Okay. And then I always blank on the last five because I feel like some Two of them are very similar, but yeah. So if, if we're not looking at balancing all five of those lifestyle factors, then like you're, there's going to be a missing piece. So that stress resilience and mindset is a big part. And what are the, out of those five, what are the, the most you can control? How does that rank? What's the most you can control versus least you can control? I, I would say the community aspect is probably one that's might be the hardest because like, mm -hmm. you know, you can't always control like your work environment. Like you can't always control um, like the family and the, and the friends that you have around you, but it's how you react to those that makes the difference in your health. I like that because like I said, you're able to, if you want to call it, okay, I'm going to have that, but then how to use your other factors to lower that stress level down to your body with exercise, with nutrition, to map that even your mindset too, and your self-care to make sure that doesn't, doesn't take over your life. Mm -hmm. How can you become like your most resilient self? There you go. And how have you helped people with those last couple of years through the pandemic? 
what are some stories you, you've kind of worked with people and, and had that success? Working with people through the pandemic. I think a big one is just like being graceful with themselves, like making sure that they are being hard on themselves. Like, cause the big thing was not being able to like go, like they were having a routine, you know, everything was going really smoothly before COVID and then, and then everything, you know, shut down and, and boom, like everybody's like lives just like turned upside down. Right. So the big thing was like, okay, we're, we're more limited than we were. Um, but let's have some grace and like do what we can. Good. And how did you help people adjust their nutrition, their exercise during that time? The the exercise, it was all about like body weight workouts at home, right? Like what what can we do for you like in your living room? Um, so and then with the nutrition, it was if you're not going to the store super often, like mm-hmm. what can we have that's gonna last for a while? So Good. A lot of frozen fruits and vegetables and and proteins too. Good, good, good. And last thing too, I talked about it in part of our intro show is with detoxing, what does that usually involve someone getting into a routine, sticking through routine? And, and for example, just as a lifestyle. I love that. Like a detox lifestyle is really one that encompasses like a gentle detox. So not mm-hmm. going on like all these like super intensive, like, juice cleanses and all that stuff. Like that's not the way to go. Like there are certain protocols that we need to have before we take a proper detox. But if we're talking gentle daily detox, number one, nutrition. So getting enough of that fiber, mm-hmm. um, at least 25 to 30 grams of fiber a day. Um, so we're having a bowel movement at least once a day, if not two or three times. Um, that's super important for detoxification. So if you're not moving the bowels every day, then you're not detoxifying. You're not having that at least 80 ounces of water a day. You're not mm-hmm. properly detoxifying. If you're not sleeping properly at night. You mm-hmm. are not detoxifying properly. Um, and then movement, of course, like if you can sweat every day, that's going to help detox you daily. So, um, and then saunas are really great too so there's like these portable saunas that you can buy for your house mm-hmm. or if you have a gym membership and you can go there that's wonderful too um so yeah how does sleep detox your father detoxify your body how does sleep do that well it helps like activate that like rest and digest mm-hmm. going on so your body is just like kind of helping to like clean everything out in your digestive system and then it's helping your lymphatic system with your brain um, and and helping to like just heal everything that went on throughout there during the day, you know? Good. And then with, with going to the bathroom, I call number two or defecating, how does that, when you can't do that, are there certain things in someone's diet or even medications that limits your ability to, to, uh, to, to do that? For sure. There are so many root causes to why somebody like mm-hmm. could be constipated. That's mm-hmm. um, yeah, what I meant. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, like number one, they might not be having enough fiber or water, of course, but mm-hmm. um, there could be like a malfunction in their mode. It's called the um, migrating motor complex. Okay. So that's what helps like everything move along in your GI tract. If there's... Um, you know, our nerve functions going down because of like diabetes or um, even like thyroid function mm-hmm. um, that could be slowing all that down and that could be causing constipation. 
which leads to a whole host of other issues. What's amazing a lot, I've talked to other clinicians too, functional medicine clinicians, a lot of it is when someone looks at someone's stool and bowel movements, it tells a lot about their internal body's health, being unhealthy or healthy for one too, is how much we put in our body, yes, and once you've sucked out that nutrients and vitamins and minerals from that food, even even water hydration, then how do we get it out of our bodies and become toxic? And even if you want a cancer sometimes too, correct? I, yeah, there's a lot that goes into it for sure. But if we're not eliminating every day, like part of the detoxification is actually getting rid of um, hormones through our school. So mm -hmm. like the estrogen related cancers and such, if we're not eliminating daily, it can increase our risk for those hormone related cancers. Wow. As we end the show today, What's a big takeaway from what we talked about today that you want people to, you want to call it folks on our home and or contact for more information to get their health on a better, better state or better, uh, if you want to call it a uh, part of their life routine, getting their life back into a healthy state. The biggest takeaways? Biggest takeaways, yeah. Start simple, people. Like, don't, please try not to buy into like, you know, all the things being sold on the internet. Like, just please know that if you start with the basics, hydration, nutri proper nutrition and movements, like don't underestimate those in sleep. Um, start with those, get a solid foundation with all of those factors, and then you can get into the genetics and like what supplements are best for me. So if in doubt, go back to the basics. That's Good, start there. And then once you see some progress, okay, now how do I fine tune things? How do I figure out what else I can do? Now that I'm motivated to get that next step going. Yes, sir. Good, good, good. Well, let's end the show with a quick five-second smile so I can use that for our post and we'll be good to go. All right. All right. We'll end the show and kind of see.